Hi, I'm Jillian, and you're listening to the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast, where each week you'll learn tools and actionable tips for improving your relationship with food, your body, and yourself so that eating can feel easier. If at any point you'd like to learn more about my coaching programs, download free resources to support your progress, or just see photos of my adorable dog, you can go to www.bitesize.es to learn more. Thank you so much for listening, and let's hop in to this week's episode. So today we're going to talk a little bit about emotional regulation. And as I was thinking about how I wanted to frame this topic, I started thinking about movies and TV shows and how emotional eating and emotions in general are portrayed. I also want to note that I am going to do my best to speak a bit more slowly in this podcast because I recently, my dad came to visit and he was like, I listened to your podcast, but you talk so fast. So I'm going to do my best. Worst case scenario, you can just listen to this on 0.75 speed. (laughs) So I'm going to try to speak more slowly and here we go. I will probably end up by the end speaking more quickly, but I'm going to do my best. In movies and TV, for example, Sex and the City, I, so I didn't have TV growing up, but I, as a teenager, got really into Sex and the City and watching, I think it was already off the air, but I was, I would watch the reruns at friends' houses. And so Miranda, one of the characters, if you've never watched Sex and the City before, but if you are a millennial female, I guarantee you you at least know what it is. So Miranda is one of the characters and she has this whole story arc about her struggles with emotional eating. And in one scene, they even show her like she was eating cake and she decides to throw it in the trash to try to keep herself from eating this cake. And then in one of the Sex and the City movies, Samantha shows up at Carrie's house and she's gained a few pounds and explains that the weight gain is due to feeling unfulfilled with her relationship. So there's definitely an awareness of emotional eating and and how and it's portrayed, but we don't necessarily talk about like what leads to it. We see even in Friends, we see younger Monica who's called Fat Monica in the in Friends. And she's framed as someone who couldn't control herself around food and ate her feelings. And there's so many jokes that are made at her expense. And in the end, there's all this, we we know that emotional eating is a struggle, but we don't necessarily understand sort of like what is the mechanism that makes it so hard to deal with our emotions and why do we end up turning to food? And... In the end, struggles with emotional eating are not food struggles. They are emotion struggles. And personally, I still to this day, when I feel a bit angsty or uneasy, my brain goes toward like chocolate or cookies or some type of snack food. But the reason that I'm able to have both chocolate and cookies in large supplies at my house and feel totally peaceful having them around is because I've done work around emotional regulation. And the cool thing about emotional regulation is that it is a group of skills that you can learn, develop, and get better at over time. So if you're someone right now who is not skilled at managing or even really being, being able to identify your emotions, the cool thing is you get to learn how to be someone who is better at this. And so let's dive into today's topic, which is what is emotional regulation and how can it improve your relationship with food and emotional eating? And I do want to make a note that these are helpful skills to work on, but this is not a replacement for support with your mental health. And so if you are dealing with like 
anxiety or depression, please speak to your therapist about this. And when I work with clients as their nutrition coach, I will often recommend therapy alongside nutrition coaching depending on the issues that we are are struggling with because I can help with working on creating balance around an approach to food, working on emotional regulation, but I am not a replacement for therapy. And often the most successful clients that I have are clients that are both working with me as their coach and have a therapist as well or have worked extensively with a therapist before. So what the heck is emotional regulation? And emotional regulation is the ability to manage and to an extent control your emotions or your emotional reactions. And so learning to better emotionally regulate includes acknowledging, accepting all emotions, mindfulness of physical sensations of emotions as well as your reactions to emotions. It includes distress tolerance, which is the ability to tolerate emotional discomfort. It includes cognitive reappraisal or the ability to rethink an initial reaction to something and the ability to self-soothe or practice coping mechanisms or coping strategies that may include food but are not limited to food. And as I said before, these are all skills that you can learn. And I do want to touch on some issues that you may notice as a result of a lack of emotional regulation skills. And so these are some struggles that are fairly common, you are definitely not alone if you are struggling with this. And that is numbing or distracting from emotions with food or other substances or activities, even including like shopping, drinking, etc. Overreacting or acting impulsively in response to an emotion or a feeling. Feeling guilt or shame around your emotions. Trying to sort of like tamp them down or ignore them. Blaming negative feelings on your body. It is, it's often when we sort of feel out of control of how we feel, we often sort of take that out on our bodies and that can lead to either being very restrictive around food or the other side, sort of like being very impulsive around food. And it can lead to struggles with feeling alone or struggles with connecting with others in an authentic way. It can lead to stress and burnout. And as I said before, it can also contribute to severe mental health issues anxiety, depression, and and can lead to eating disorder. So it is practicing emotional regulation and learning emotional regulation skills is a really important set of skills for our day-to-day life. And I want to give you an an emotion. I want to give you an example of what uh, what emotional regulation might look like in real life. And so it maybe you have a tough day at work. Maybe you have a difficult conversation with someone you love. And right now, maybe your go-to is to avoid the feeling, tell yourself like, oh, just get over it. Things aren't that bad. Maybe you try to just distract yourself from it. And the tension or discomfort sort of builds and you continue to distract yourself or try to ignore it. Maybe you tell yourself like, oh, I shouldn't feel this way. It's not a big deal. Other people have it worse than me. And you notice that you end up reacting in different ways. Maybe you end up speaking really rudely to someone when they talk to you. You avoid responding to messages. You find yourself having emotional outbursts. Or maybe you find yourself in the kitchen with your hand in the chocolate chip bag or just mindlessly snacking on whatever you can find. And so shifting to practicing emotional regulation skills can look like this. And I'm going to give you an example from how I manage this. So the other day, I noticed I was a little bit antsy. I was checking my phone a ton, and I was really struggling to concentrate on the work I was doing. And so at first, I noticed and I named what I was feeling. 
I noticed I had a feeling of being a bit unsettled. I was feeling a little bit anxious and I noticed that my thoughts were racing and physically my heart was beating a little bit faster. I noticed that my body felt different, my throat felt a little bit tight and my eyes had sort of that like pre-crying feeling. And so I named what I was feeling. I named, I'm, you know, I'm feeling unsettled. I'm feeling a little bit anxious. I'm feeling distracted. Then I got curious about what I was feeling and I asked myself, what do I need right now? I identified that the feeling, one of the feelings I was feeling is I was feeling lonely and a, a little bit anxious over an expectation that I had created about one of my relationships. And then I asked myself, well, what do I need? Do I need to communicate? Do I need to just cry and let out some frustration? Do I need to write or, and process some of my thoughts? And so from there, I was able to mindfully and intentionally decide how I wanted to approach these feelings instead of reacting impulsively in a way that I might have done in the past, which maybe I would have just tell myself, told myself I was being irrational. Maybe I would just tell myself I need to suck it up, which in my history has often led to multiple trips to the kitchen, uh, has led to eating what, you know, whatever sweets I have on hand, which... I still feel bad afterwards. I've just distracted myself for a short period of time. And so yes, in an ideal world, we would learn this stuff as kids. We would learn that there's no such thing as a good or a bad emotion. We would learn that it's okay to express a range of emotions and that feeling not great sometimes is a totally normal part of life. We would learn that repressing our emotions makes them stronger, not weaker, and that when we don't express our emotions, it's normal to look for ways to numb or avoid them, such as through emotional eating. But instead, a lot of us learned that as kids, if you stop crying, you get ice cream. Or when someone shows you love, it's through food. We learned that celebration includes pizza and punishment is being sent to bed with no dessert. We learned that holding in negative emotion results in rewards in the form of food and praise. But where does that leave us as adults? It leaves us feeling guilty, ashamed, and disconnected from how we feel. And for many of us, created long-lasting patterns of using food as our main and sometimes only coping strategy. And so couple that with the narrative that we have to control our bodies, the narrative that being fat is bad, being thin is good, and that all the foods that taste really good and that we love to eat and that we often use to cope with emotions also are quote-unquote bad foods – And it's no wonder that we think we have to rely on strict rules and shitty diets to keep us in check. So as we work on emotional regulation skills, we can work on creating better relationships with food in our bodies because we learn how to better identify and interpret bodily sensations and reduce the shame that we feel around our emotions. And I want to be clear that emotional eating in itself is not a bad thing. It's not something we need to eliminate. Eating can very well be one of your coping strategies, but if it is the coping strategy and you're often not even sure what you're actually trying to cope with, working on emotional regulation skills is very important. And you might wonder, like, why is it so hard for me to break emotional eating patterns? You might be totally aware that you do it, but you're like, why is this so hard to break? One, food is a coping mechanism that we have been practicing for a very long period of our lives. It is also a sensory experience that easily distracts from discomfort and it's easily accessible and somewhat socially acceptable. And if you're an emotional eater, I want you to stop and think for a second. When you eat for emotional reasons, 
what happens with that emotion? If you're like so many of the the individuals I've talked to about this, eating is simply a temporary distraction, but once the food is gone, the feeling remains. And now on top of whatever emotion you were feeling before, you're also adding a layer of guilt and shame. And so let's talk about how you can get better at these skills. And this is a big part of the work that we do around self-compassion, around mindfulness, around emotional regulation in the Confident Eater group coaching program. The next cohort of the Confident Eater is opening in April. So if you want more details on that, you can find that in the show notes. And I want to share a quick story with you because emotional regulation for me has been a big learning process. So I lost my mom when I was really young and I never really learned how to deal with my emotions. Even from before I lost her, when I was little, anytime I would have a tantrum or I would express myself, I was made fun of for my for those emotional outbursts and I was told I was a drama queen. I was never taught how to actually manage or regulate my emotions. And I just found out a couple weeks ago when I saw my dad that when my mom actually passed, apparently I cried my eyes out for an hour and then I came back and I told everyone, I was like, I'm fine. And it wasn't until years, years later in therapy when I finally learned how to regulate my own emotions and I learned that it's okay to feel a range of emotions, including quote unquote negative emotions. And I learned that emotions are not something wrong, something being wrong with me. It's simply an indicator that there's something going on. I learned that it's okay to, for my emotions to range throughout the day. And while yes, some emotional reactions can be irrational, my feelings are how I feel and that's okay. Which brings me to, your emotions are not a problem. But your reactions or your management of those emotions might be a problem. And so you can work on this. I want to reassure you, you can work on this. And like me, maybe you struggle to connect with others And that results in struggles with your relationship with food in your body because the less connected you feel with other people, the more you find yourself emotional eating or blaming your body for that disconnection. And what that comes back to is that when we can effectively regulate our emotions, when we can effectively communicate them, we open up the door for us to deal with those emotions in a mindful, intentional way instead of just reverting to coping strategies that we learned as like four-year-olds. And so a few ways that you can start practicing better emotional regulation, and we're going to talk about some, some actionable tips as well, is to, to really start like exploring what those emotions are. And I want to let you know that the goal of emotional regulation is not to eliminate emotional eating. It is for you to better interpret, manage, and respond to emotions And so in doing that, you can expand your toolbox of coping strategies to be more than just food. And so actionable tips to start doing that, I want you to stop labeling emotions as good or bad. And the reason why is because when we label them as good or bad, it's like I don't want to feel bad emotions. I only want to feel good emotions and that's not realistic. And you can give yourself space to acknowledge emotions. And one of the ways that you can do this is by saying, I am feeling X instead of I am X. Give yourself a little bit of space between you and the emotion. You are not the emotion. You are feeling the emotion. Give yourself a few deep breaths and actually allow yourself to sit with those feelings instead of reacting right away. And that's part of improving your distress tolerance is allowing you to sit with the feeling of discomfort rather than simply reacting on it. 
And I also want to encourage you to accept your emotions and get curious about them and tell yourself you are allowed to feel how you feel. So actionable tips here are to, to actually name and notice and label your emotions in a more helpful way is you can use something called the feelings wheel or the emotions wheel. You can Google this. I've also linked it in the show notes. And this is uh, a mixture. So this tip is a mixture of tools that I got from Dr. Susan David, who I've mentioned on the podcast before. And also, I honestly don't remember where I got the feelings wheel from. But there's talk about it in sort of different areas of psychology. And what the feelings wheel is, is it is a sort of visual tool to have many different ways to identify and name your emotions. And most of us have very limited emotional vocabulary. And so starting to expand that can be really helpful. So I think I mentioned this in a past podcast. Read Susan David Emotional Agility. She's incredible. But a way that you can start labeling your emotions and naming them so that you can start actually addressing them is by intentionally setting aside a few minutes during the day, whether it's in the morning, in the evening, maybe it's after lunch, and practicing this, naming your emotions and checking in with how you feel and also letting it be okay that you suck at it at first. So this is one of the ways that she described, that Susan David describes this is like, choose an emotion that you think you feel and then name a couple of alternatives and that way you start to expand the way that you can speak about this. Give yourself some space between noticing an emotion and responding to emotion. And so for some people, that might actually include journaling or writing about how you're feeling. You might actually speak out loud to yourself or record a voice message. It might help to change locations physically. So like step outside for a walk or move from one room to the next. Or it might simply be be allowing yourself to take a few deep breaths before you respond to that emotion. And if you do not already have a mindfulness practice, this is an actionable tip that I think a lot of us avoid mindfulness because we are like, I'm not cut out for this. Trust me. I've told myself this a million times. And we think that mindfulness takes like all of this extra time and it's going to take forever. But you can actually incorporate mindfulness into any of the things that you do on a regular basis. And so a simple way that you can start becoming more mindful, and this will translate over into emotion, is to choose a regular everyday task that you are already doing. So it might be brushing your teeth, washing dishes, taking a shower. And you can turn that activity into a mindfulness practice by paying attention on purpose. So let's say you choose the shower. I'm going to take a mindful shower. So this is being present to your senses and to your thoughts as you're doing this activity. So you're in the shower. You're like looking at the water coming out of the shower head. You're feeling the drops of water hit your skin. You're feeling the heat of the water. You're noticing the smell of the products that you use. You're feeling what it feels like to actually put soap on your body. And that is a way to truly bring yourself into the present moment. The next actionable tip is to actually start actively working, make the decision to work on your emotional coping toolbox. Again, this is something that we will work on together if you choose to join me for either one-on-one or group coaching. And an example of what's in my toolbox, I have journaling, mindfulness, taking a shower, lighting something that smells delicious like an incense or a candle, going for a walk, calling or texting a friend, hugging my pet. So my dog is, I'm very lucky that I have a cuddly dog. Putting your hand, putting my hand on my chest or my heart and breathing deeply, feeling the feelings of, of my body. 
And remember that it's okay if food continues to be one of the tools in that coping strategy toolbox. But there's a difference between noticing and naming, saying, I am feeling lonely, and then saying like, hey, I'd really like to eat a cookie right now. And I know that that cookie is not going to cure my loneliness. So difference between that and just feeling something, you're like, I don't even know what this is. And then grabbing the box of cookies and eating them while telling yourself that I, ha- you know, I have no reason to feel lonely right now. And then the last one that is really important that you're like, why is this an emotional regulation skill? But it really is. Is like, make sure that you're eating regular meals, especially on emotional days. And this is important because I want you to think about it. When you're hungry, your capacity to think and make decisions is reduced. So what could simply be like a little bit of self-talk around like, hey, I'm feeling this way. What do I want to do about it? Can turn into a whirlwind of snacking and then feeling super guilty about it when you're not feeding yourself enough. And so when you are not eating regular meals, it's a lot easier to fall back on emotional eating tendencies. And I cannot tell you how many clients who have improved their overall mood and their ability to identify how they're feeling simply in setting a more regular schedule of meals so that they're not having those crazy dips. And honestly, mood swings are part of, like that can be part of feeling hungry. So eat regular meals. Again, if you need help with this, this is where coaching can be really supportive. So what have we learned when it comes to emotional regulation? It is a group of skills you can practice and get better at over time. There's, it makes a lot of sense why a lot of us have developed emotional eating habits as a response to a lack of emotional regulation skills. And there are no bad emotions and tamping down or telling ourselves that we shouldn't feel a certain way does not make the emotion go away. It makes it worse. So it's okay to express yourself. It's okay to be aware of your emotions. If you enjoyed this episode or found it helpful, please share with anyone in your life who might benefit from it. And those of you who have reached out to me with feedback on episodes, I freaking love that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Take a moment to leave me a rating or a review wherever you're listening to the podcast. It takes like one second and is so helpful. And if there are any future topics or questions you'd like to hear answered on the Bite Size Nutrition Podcast, I am all ears, my friend. My Instagram is in the show notes as well as some tools and resources for you. So go ahead and reach out and I love hearing from you.